0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org.
1: This is another opportunity for questions or comments. Um, I'm interested in hearing how the walking was for you. We haven't talked too much about your experience in walking and I'm curious about that comment I made about seeing looking hearing listening anybody notice that distinction and just what's been happening for you today what have you been noticing yeah joseph and could you pass the mic back and i don't think it's on so you'll have to flip the switch
2: uh, as the teaching about a speech is there a wisdom in confronting the thoughts? Like, be be true, be necessary, be kind. Is there some sort of a wisdom like that when you see Around thoughts, thoughts themselves?
1: Yes. So So this is, uh, um, he's partly referring to the teaching this week. We were working with wise speech in our daily life practice. And in wise speech, we have a kind of a checklist on, is it true, is it useful, is it kind, before we speak? And it sounds like you're wondering, is there something like that with thoughts? A a kind of something to work with, with mindful thinking. Um, You can also use that same checklist not to try to stop the thoughts. I mean, the the distinction, uh, it's very interesting to see, actually, how much we think that may not be true um, you know, we, we, we have beliefs or we have ideas about things and to begin to look and realize that what we're thinking often is a perspective rather than truth. So to, to begin to question or to explore, well, is this true? You know, like, like some kind of self-judgment thought. Uh, may come up, like, you know, you didn't do that very well, or something. And, you know, on the face of it, perhaps it just sounds like the obvious truth. But is it really truth, or is it a perspective that we're bringing, you know, some perspective uh, um, of an older brother, or, <laughs> you know, that that we're bringing to our... Uh, how we're looking at things. So we can look at our thoughts and check in. Are we believing something as true... That's questionably true. So that's one, one exploration. Um, is it necessary? Is it kind? Now, necessary or not with respect to thoughts? Um, you know, in terms of speech, asking whether something is necessary can help us to decide, you know, I don't need to say that. I don't need to bring that into the room right now. Uh, We can recognize it's, you know, the motivation may be to fill up space or um, to um, help us to not feel uncomfortable in a situation, but it's not really necessary to say it. So we, we can, in speech, have that filter around, is it necessary? In our thoughts, often what's happened is the thought's already there, and necessary or not, it's already there. So the, the exploration um, becomes more, can you know the thought? So it's, it's, more, it's more simple in a way, because often in our, with the world of thought, we're working with things that are already here. Whereas with speech, we're working with things that have not yet manifested as speech. So with thought, the exploration is more around... First, I think that the exploration around, well, was that thought actually true, can be helpful to kind of undermine a a blind belief in something. You know, a perspective that when we even take two seconds to reflect on it, we realize, well, it's not true. So that that can help to undermine some of the blind belief. But other than that, it's, it's, I think, more... um, Learning how to be aware of the thoughts and how those thoughts impact us. So it's more around mindfulness. So the questions we can ask ourselves, or maybe the checklist that you could explore, is Is this thought connected to emotion? So just check in Is there emotion there? Um, What's my relationship to this thought? And there you might begin to recognize um, believing I believe that thought or um, um, liking or not liking a thought. You know, we we might have a thought and and realize, wow, I don't like that thought. I shouldn't be thinking that kind of thought. I'm a bad person for thinking that kind of thought. And it's just, you know, it's just a thought that has arisen. Um, Gil talks about um, in working with thought he tells a story of when he was a, a boy that um, his father gave him one great transmission he said, you know you're going to find that you think some really strange things and you don't have to believe everything you think <laughs> you know, so uh, to not to, to not um, judge ourselves for our thoughts, it's like Okay, there was that thought. Can I know that that was there so so what's my relationship to the thought? Do I think it's a bad thought? Do I think it's a good thought? Um, do I think it's a true thought? Do I believe it? So, your relationship to the thought then um, let's see so the relationship between emotion and thought, the attitude the relation- uh, the attitude about the thought, and then. You could also check in, as I said earlier, around um, how is that thought appearing? I think earlier in the week you talked about seeing images, seeing thoughts as images. So you could also check in, okay, these thoughts, how are they, how are they coming? How, do they, how am I experiencing these thoughts? So those, that could be your kind of checklist in terms of being with thoughts, exploring the possibility of being with thought. One other piece I'll add in um, which Sayadaw Utejaniya always brings in first. I forgot to bring this in first. I said it earlier but um, he says the very first thing we should do when we notice a thought is remind ourselves it's just a thought. It's just a thought. It's something happening right now. So that's something else to explore around thought. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody have any comments about the walking? What have you seen in the in the walking?
3: So my is it on? It is. So my question is, uh, well, just going back to what you just said, and in my experience in walking, um, it's as I notice it's a thought, then. Noticing it's a thought is a thought. So then I go down this hole. Uh,
1: so, yeah, I mean, the, the, you, you don't have to notice the, oh, that was a thought. Noticing it was a thought was a thought. Oh, noticing. You can stop somewhere. <laughs> 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 you, don't to, you don't have to keep that endless regress. That's, that's another thing around the, um, the attitudes, why I suggest just checking your attitude from time to time. Because it can also end in an endless regress. You know, it's like, oh, there's that pain. What's my relationship to pain? Oh, I don't like it. Oh, not liking. What's my relationship to not liking? I don't like that. And what's my relationship? Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. It's just like endless. So just, you can stop it at some point. You don't have to keep looking at that.
3: Okay, thank you. Because it, it, it just in walking, I noticed that there's so much. Like when sitting, it, it's. It's kind of slower, but when walking, there's just so much coming out. Yes, there's so much about that's happening.
1: So yeah, the, I mean the so say say a little more. You said there's so much happening in the walking. Well, what were you What were you noticing, or what were you? Um,
3: well, just looking and smelling and and hearing and all the senses engaged, and then there's the discussion about the senses and. The memories and what's related to that and just there's so much energy that goes into like being mindful about all of
1: this. So um so the the uh exploration around seeing when you're um especially in something like engaged like walking there's so much happening that it seems like oh well, there, there's the thought there's the seeing there's the looking there's the hearing there's the thoughts about all of that and Um, It seems like there's a lot of energy involved in doing that. Um, It it definitely happens. I mean, the mindfulness reveals just how much is happening in our minds. Our minds are amazing, how much they process, how much they do. And they actually do it quite well without our being involved in it. Uh, And the, the kind of the exploration we begin to make is not that... It's like when we start to see there's so much happening like that, we sort of think we have to be involved with every little thing. It's like, oh, seeing. Oh, I have to know seeing. Oh, hearing. Oh, I have to know hearing. And so we like jump on and do the seeing and do the hearing as opposed to realizing the seeing's already happening. The hearing's already happening. There's nothing more to do. So if you have that sense of... It being a lot of energy to follow all of the stuff that your mind is knowing. Just relax and let the mind do its thing. You don't have to keep up with it. (laughs) You don't have to consciously say, oh, that, 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 that. That gets crazy making. So um, it's kind of a settled back experience It takes a little bit of uh, training to not have to jump on everything that the mind knows. But trust, trust I think is a big one here. Trust that the mind already does its work. That's, That's something that we see in this practice. The mind doing its work. The mind, the eye knows how to see without us thinking, oh I need to see now, the eye sees. Without us thinking, oh I need to hear now, the ear hears. And so the the body and mind do this work of awareness and mindfulness just can simply reflect what the mind is already doing. And that simple reflection doesn't take a lot of energy when we can tune into this kind of what is obvious? What is the mind already doing? So it it does take a little bit of uh, practice with that, but it's possible. But what you're seeing, essentially, is just how much the mind does. It's amazing what the mind does. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. You pass the mic forward?
4: I noticed a couple things in, in walking. One was um, a lot of judgment and choosing where to look. Uh-huh. Why? you know, things are meeting my eye all the time, but, you know, wanting to look at things that I've kind of prejudged as nice or pretty or pleasant. So I'd look there some more. Uh uh-huh. um, I was passing by one of the other streets. There was a big club building or something and some music coming out of it, which was not at all to my taste. And uh, I had the natural curiosity, like, I, all the other things to look in there, but the thought came there: what can possibly be there that's going to be worth looking? With the music uh-huh. being so horrible. Uh huh. <laughs> so you know things like that. I, I don't look at those, and uh-huh. some other things I spend a lot of time looking because I've already said there's going to be something worth seeing
2: there.
1: That's a great recognition. Yeah. You know what you're pointing to is something I, I said earlier today that. Um, the attitude of delusion. There's a lot to it. Um, and it's hard, harder to, to grasp, uh, harder to see. But this is right in that terrain. Because what you're seeing is the mind filtering what it takes in and what it doesn't take in. Our minds do this all the time without us even being aware of it. We have a perspective we bring to our experience. We have agendas of what we want to see and how we want to interact with the world. And those agendas have us experiencing some things and not others. Actually, whole experiences will just not hit our consciousness when we have an agenda that doesn't include that experience. And that's a form of delusion. But it's not so much that aspect of it isn't so much a problem... In fact, our brains, I think, are designed that way. You know, if we had to... I I was using this analogy earlier in the week. You know, like babies meet the world. They're wide open. They just, you know, everything strikes them. And they learn over the course of uh, their lives, very quickly, you know, what things are safe, what things uh, need to be paid attention to. And then they start filtering things out. And what we start to pay attention to are things we think are important to pay attention to. If we had to, like every time we walked outside, process every single uh, bit of information that's out there to navigate the world, we'd be overwhelmed. So our brains function by helping us to screen things in and out. Now the place where delusion really comes in is that we believe that we're seeing everything. We believe that we're recording information accurately and truly, and we're not missing something. And the, the practice of just this, just this kind of thing, revealing, wow, my mind is screening things in and other things out, that's uncovering that delusion. And we, uh, when we've seen that enough, we begin to um, acknowledge or recognize that how we're taking in information is biased. And that begins to help to uncover those, those delusions. So that's an important piece to, to start to see. So thank you for sharing that. Do you have any other, any other thoughts?
4: Uh, I, I guess I had a little more anxiety about... But I had none at all uh, about sitting practice. But just uh, walking out, because I do walking just for pleasure anyways. Uh, and... Most of the time, it's just you know thinking about it, and letting myself think, get lost in thoughts. Mm-hmm. So that's interfering with the thing where you're not you know you're not particularly trying to get lost in thoughts now. You know, yes, walking meditation. So oh, am I just goofing off? <laughs> you know, more than in sitting. Sitting, there's yeah. Uh uh-huh. huh. Have...
1: So you you're you, when you walk, it feels like there's a purpose to the thinking.
4: Yeah. Whereas, uh-huh. No, just getting lost in thoughts uh-huh. is. Uh, uh, I, I have some anxiety about practice then I see sitting here, I'm used to getting lost in thoughts and feeling very comfortable that that's okay
1: I see, I see <laughs> So yeah, I mean, it's, we're expanding the domain of our practice here and just uh, taking it into areas maybe where we're not so familiar um, Yeah, just keep noticing. Keep noticing. Thank you. (laughs) Anyone else? Did you? Back in the back.
5: Thank you for your teachings, by the way. Um, Just going off of what you're just describing, as far as delusions... um, I just got done with a week-long meditation retreat, and this is actually my day seven. <laughs> so, but uh, we talked a lot about intimacy, and so that reminds me of or when I was on the walk, um, realizing that the, the level of intimacy I take with things as far as you know, how much attention I'm giving them, um, the only problem I think I have with, uh, I guess, a mindfulness approach is I tend to... Um, almost bliss out when I am walking and so it's it, it is a delusion of all these wonderful things, the sunshine, the raindrops. but I, I don't think I'm as mindful or as present to well, I live in San Francisco so this is, it's a little different environment but uh, doing the same type of exercise there, I'm not as open to maybe poverty um, uh-huh. and, yes. and kind of a dreary side and I don't if you have any advice on how to Use, uh, I guess, a mindfulness practice and not do not the Not closing down. Thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, this, is a, this is a perfect, another example of that, you know, our tendency to want to gravitate towards some things and not others. And so you know, if you see yourself ten, like, tending to, to move towards certain things and away from others, that very noticing can help us to open to the things that we're not inclined to open to. So the the intimacy that you bring up, I mean really the mindfulness brings us into intimate contact with whatever we are experiencing. Um, We sometimes, I think, feel some of that movement to not go certain places may be a fear of being intimate with things that feel uncomfortable. Um, So being aware of the tendency to not go someplace... To not move towards something and to move towards other things, you might just explore. Okay, let me try um, being with those things that are less comfortable. You know, actually opening to seeing the poverty, opening to seeing the um, uh, the garbage and the ugliness as well as the beauty. Is am I am I getting to your question? Oh no, yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. Um, so and and to also understand or be aware when it feels too much. You know, when it feels like it's, for some of us, it might move to overwhelm uh, and to, um, you know, if we get into overwhelm and it takes us down a rabbit hole of anger and frustration and um, judgment and criticism, that may not be so helpful. So to, to touch into those areas that are more challenging uh, with lightness and knowing when it feels like oh that's a little too much and then letting yourself come back to where it's a little bit more um, comfortable and then moving back you know using that area of feeling comfortable and as you said blissed out you know you could use that as a ground if you have access to that you can use that as a ground a place to refresh yourself as a tool for then meeting something challenging again, knowing you can come back to it and then go out again and come back to it and go out again to areas that are more challenging. So you can use that skill of... we um, used the word blissing out, I'll just use that. You can use that skill of um, finding ease and happiness with a practice as a... Um, a tool that allows you to kind of gather resources from which to meet something a little more challenging. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, over here. You could just put it down. Thanks.
0: Well, I um, also walk a lot. And when I went out this afternoon, um, I was laughing at myself because I was so relaxed. Usually I'm going out to exercise, you know. And so, what I noticed, though, is that the, the the words that are coming to my mind, and um, there's Dogen in one of his things says something like, the myriad things arise and announce themselves, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I saw a little bluebird, which I've never seen before. I mean, I could have just walked by and thought it was a sparrow, and but... It was fighting with another bird.: So this whole thing was going on, and what, what I realized is when I'm walking with some attention, these things appear. Yes, you know And so I'll be walking, and these little dogs all want to come up and look at me, and the children all smile at me, and I'm like, "What's going on?" You know Because <laughs> usually I'm just like marching, you. Know? So, so, but it was very striking, since I'm doing it with your instructions. To see, oh, I see, you know to just have that, the myriad things arise
1: yeah that 's a beautiful way to describe it that this practice very much has that flavor of not, not going out to try to find things, but settling back and seeing the myriad things so it 's astounding, actually. We take for granted the world, and it is always something new and amazing. <laughs> and yet we don't see it so often we don't see it so this is this is very much the the movement to see just what is what is arising what is announcing itself what is presenting itself yeah that's a beautiful a beautiful quote thank you one more right and,
2: and just uh one more piece uh, tagging onto to this when I went out. I also saw a lot of things that i hadn't been aware of previously, and it, it struck me as very beautiful but then um so that may have been due to the seeing, but I also noticed the um, kind of the impulse to look you know my my attention was drawn and and then so I was looking a lot and also um reflecting I'd, I had the impression it was a joy, actually. It was a joy of looking. You know? Uh-huh, Everyone yes. Kind of enjoying it, you know, seeing this and this.
1: Uh-huh. So, so you, were, you were seeing that distinction between seeing and looking, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. And
2: Initially, I was actually just aware of the looking, you know, I noticed, oh, not a lot of seeing going on. I'm just I'm looking, 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 right? But now having heard people talk about it I, I think the reason that I saw all those things was that there wasn't maybe some seeing yes
1: well, well you, the seeing needs to happen first actually <laughs> seeing happens before the looking <laughs> so yeah I mean to, to begin to recognize that and, and it sounds like you um, you noticed that in your, in your case the attention was drawn in a way to things that were joyful yeah so that's beautiful and to also feel that joy is another beautiful thing. I mean, it's this practice opens us up to that intimacy, which he referred to earlier, and that you know, it's, it's just the simplicity of meeting what is happening moment to moment can be so um, beautiful that it does create that that joy. You know, it's, it's not it's not a problem to have joy arise around sense pleasure you know this kind of very simple sense pleasure yeah thank you so um, let's do another um, our last sitting together Um, you might want to stand up again before we um, start